0: You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far on Vince's No, play. no, 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 Oh, you are no, such a no, no, suck-up. No, no, you, you defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This, this is the Jabberknocker
1: Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jabber Knocker Podcast. As always, is Nestlemania. Alongside for the ride is a man that was almost eaten by zombies and then they had to wait for the bell to ring. JC, thank you for joining us. Whoops, whoops, backlash, baby. Backlash is... S and M.
0: I mean, what happens when you get whipped is you get a backlash. So that's what I was going for there. You know, a little couple lashes on the back because that's pretty much uh, what the zombies were. But we'll get to that. WrestleMania backlash. The overall WrestleMania, we watched it together with a bunch of the Knocker crew, and honestly, I thought it was a pretty good show. Um, I had half the matches I thought were fantastic, so I don't really have any huge complaints about it. Like about, I get the zombie frustration, but uh, you know. Like I said, we'll get there.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But I, I mean, we might as well just kick right into Backlash itself. It started off hot with Cruella DeVille coming out with her or their goddamn gear and, uh, and a triple threat match. And I think you and I are on the same boat here, or same page rather, uh, that uh, Asuka and Rhea, no chemistry, yet you add Charlotte in there and it's an amazing matchup. I don't know. You can make it, you know, I, I'm not a huge uh, Shoveler fan, but I, I have to acknowledge the fact that she is special and she definitely worked her ass off in that matchup. And it made me realize that, In my opinion, I was never really a a fan of Charlotte. I was a fan of the greatness of Charlotte. But this matchup made me a fan of Charlotte Flair.
0: You know what love and Charlotte have in common, WrestleMania? Charlotte's an elevator! Because you know what Charlotte does? Like, I always try to tell you, she's an elevator. That feud, like you said, was in the basement. But you know what? They didn't even go up one floor. They didn't go up two-fourths. They went to the motherfucking penthouse by adding Charlotte Flair in there. And like you said, that match was awesome. Yep. That was a fun match. I was, I was ready to be like, after the first match, be like, nothing's beating that tonight. But we'll get to the main event and talk about that. But, I mean, there were three matches that really stood out to me as like a fantastic matches that were a lot of fun. This was definitely one of them. Um, this is the best Ripley's looking a long time. Oscar always doing her Oscar thing, but Charlotte just seemed to be like a missing piece that brought it all together. You know, obviously Triple Threat's a little more action and whatever, but she—we've seen Charlotte and Rhea have a fantastic chemistry at WrestleMania last year. Charlotte and Asuka like pretty much have good matches when they meet up. There are some that maybe I don't like as much as other people, but overall, like their chemistry's fine. So Charlotte just kind of brought those two together. I thought it was a lot of fun. They obviously left it open where it's like, you know, Charlotte isn't going to eat that pin. That's why Oscar was in there. But then, of course, you know, we get the flip it and reverse it shit on fucking Raw, which we'll get to. But uh, in terms of this match, I thought that was great.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of things on this card that surprised me. We've talked about statistically that Backlash does make up for that WrestleMania kind of, eh, you didn't get me there at WrestleMania, so Backlash is the do-over, essentially. Uh, but, no, look, this match, like, I, you know, I, is it top ten of the year? Maybe. It's, it's still pretty early. But I thought that, you know, for somebody that, I don't know, I'm a big fan of Rhea Ripley. I, she hasn't really done much since she's won, it seems, and Charlotte has been who Charlotte is, and Asuka's kind of been like, made to be a normal person over the last six months, it seems. I don't know. It's odd to me. Um, and, of course, Dave Batista stuck to Twitter calling out the WWE about how they book Asuka. But that's neither here nor there. It's interesting to me where they are in this weird place on Raw with the women's division because now that the tag titles have switched over, we don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know. It just it makes me feel like uh, you open it up to a Shayna Baszler versus, uh, you know, Uh, A Ripley, um, hopefully, or, you know, a Shayna Baszler versus Nia. To me, those ones are a little bit more believable and a little bit more fun. And I think character-wise are a little bit different from what we've already seen. Because we've kind of already seen Charlotte and Rhea. We've already seen Asuka. It's kind of a rerun again. So I'm hopeful, I guess, that, uh, bonus hope, I guess, that the the Raw Women's Division is on the uptake, maybe.
0: Yeah, it might be, but I don't think we're escaped. Uh, Charlotte and Rhea are going to have a singles match. I was kind of hoping, like, that'd be, like, the SummerSlam-type feud. Because I feel like when Rhea fights Charlotte, she might be losing it. And I don't know if I, I don't think it'd be good for her to lose it now, but Oscar obviously on Monday got a win. So she ain't out of it either. So we'll see how they book it. But moving on, wrestlemania it was a Father's Day moment to behold as the first ever Father-Son Tag Team won the Tag Team Championships. The Mysterios beat the Dirty Dogs. The Dirty Dogs took out Don before the match. So it was a handicap match and we were just like, what the hell? But then out come Don, like the fucking warrior he is, hit the perfect frog splash, one, two, three. I will say this, the match, whatever. Didn't do a lot for me, didn't expect it to. But the moment, it was pretty cool to see, just to see the pride in Ray's face and the happiness, the moment that they got to share, and those two will be able to cherish forever. I thought that
1: was great. So I'm on, a, I'm on a fence here where I could take away from the moment or I could just accept the moment. I'll accept it. I think that's kind of the way it has to be. <laughs> I mean, good for them. I mean, obviously, there's like this really cool picture of like uh, Ray holding his son's uh, head after he had won a certain match. I think it's when he won his son back from Eddie, and then it's like very similar when they won the tag title. So like as a as a dad myself, like being able to have your kids there in general is cool. But having your your son, your your flesh and blood, be your tag partner to me like it did hit home. It, you know, it would have been better on Father's Day, I'm sure, but uh, you know you can't screw up timing. I guess at this point they had to pull the trigger. It's a nice story. Uh, that like we said, the dirty dogs, for better or worse, did what they could with what they had. I'm sure. It's a weird, washy tag team in general. I think at least with this, with the with the, um, you know, the father son thing. I could see Gable and Otis beating them eventually, which is nice. And then Gable and Otis having a little bit of a run, and then maybe we get the Street Profits, because I feel like the Street Profits, unfortunately, they've done all they can do on SmackDown, right now. Like they either need more tag teams for this for them, or ship them back over to Raw, because there's just there's something missing, like, in general for the Street Profits to do, unless you turn the Street Profits heel, which I don't think you would do. No, no, you definitely wouldn't. I, the way I foresee this,
0: I think short-term, I think Otis and Gable make sense, but I think a long-term thing, and this is something I definitely want to see, is the Mysterios and the Usos. That would be a fucking dope feud. Obviously, the Usos are tied up in the whole Roman family drama, which I think is a good thing, because it's like, we don't want those guys to be rushed right back into the tag title scene, so I don't mind the way they're doing it. But yeah, you're 100% right about the Street Profits. They're kind of in no-man's land, because... You know, I think they could do a fun babyface feud with them against uh, the Mysterios because, you know, we're kind of seeing it on Raw with RK-Bro in the New Day and it's working out fine. So they could try something like that. But I do agree with you. I think it's Otis and Gable in the short term. But I don't think the Mysterios are losing that anytime soon. But uh, Nestlemania, should we get to the part of the card that had people not too happy this, in the world of wrestling? Yeah,
1: this was, the, this was a surprise. I mean, like... I don't know, like, they did a backstage segment with Johnny doing, you know, open the door and saw the zombies. And then, you know, the tweet from Batista said, I'm sending some of my friends. And then, of course, like, it just kind of happened. Thank God they took the fans away and made it, like, a post-apocalyptic kind of thing Uh, because it would have been just the reactions from the – I assume the reactions from the the Thunderdome in general would have been just, oh, like – you want to talk about people that not paying attention or, or just not caring what the uh, Thunderdome requirements are going to be? When I see a match like that, they would get so mad. The internet would get mad, and it did. So the match happened. I, You know, I was dumbfounded, again, you know, when I watched it live with you guys. But the more I thought about it, the more I had to take a step back and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Exactly, synergy, money, whatever you want to talk about. But there's, here's the other thing, folks. What are, what are we watching? The W W E you're, you're watching entertainment. You're watching yeah. entertainment. And so for me, yep. as much as I want like my, my first knee-jerk reaction was like, what the fuck is this? I had to stop myself and go. You know, this was probably given to them. Like, hey, we're gonna promote, we're gonna, we're gonna do all these sponsored elements for this this thing, and you're gonna do this thing for us. And and like Batista, they're gonna bend over backwards for Batista because he's Batista. So you know, and then people have made the jokes like the most successful character in WWE was a zombie. You know, they've had blood and guts, and they've had like all these other like oh, blood and guts set them back thirty years. Well, here that's great. This set them back forty years. Like people are just you know being trolls on AEW or WWE. But here's here's the realization, guys. Like you can throw a dart at the WWE, and there's probably something worse than zombies that they've done. And and I'm sure oh, a million percent. You know what I mean? So like, I as much as I want to sit there and be like, oh, zombies. I, I think I have an argument to why I didn't like it when I was in the moment to like to not like it But I think overall I understood it from a business standpoint, but the one thing that like if they're zombies like Why didn't they get in the ring the whole time I that 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 to me was like the one thing I was like Zombies don't wait to be you know obedient zombies just go do their thing and they just eat brains and beat people up or rip Them to shreds, but like in the in the context of where we were it was still funny with Johnny getting like dragged and the Miz getting needed at the end and all that shit. Like, I get that. So, I'm curious your aspect of it because you're probably thinking a little bit differently, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, I have three main points. In it. First of all, like, it ain't my thing. I didn't love it. Like, I, I watched some zombie TV shows and stuff, but like, I definitely don't need it as part of wrestling. I thought it was overall like it was it was lame and you're like it's a little cringe. But like you said, I think that the guys in the ring sold it pretty well. I think they did the best they could with it. I laughed a couple times. Overall, I could care less about it, but point number one so everyone's been complaining about how damien priest keeps fighting the miz and morrison over and over again it's boring and oh my god i can't believe they get another match where it's just there's nothing so it's like they take something and they give you a different spin on it since it's still going with the zombies so it's just it's a little different flavor so like that should be like okay it's that even if you don't like it it's at least like something that you were going to complain about anyways because it's so rerunny at least this a little different number two they got a lot of time to actually wrestle too. Yeah, the zombies were there, and you could say it took away from it. But the Miz and the Priest, I thought, had a pretty good match mixed in there. And uh, the team up was interesting. Obviously, you knew it was coming when they got to the outside. Like, I get what they were doing that part. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And like all the little stuff, but like, so it's it's just one of those things where it's just like, yeah, do I love it? No. Is it probably going to be one of the worst things of the year when we look back? Probably, but I'm not like gonna throw a temper tantrum on the internet about it because look like, who the fuck cares, man This was this was the, probably the lowest level feud on the card and it was just stuck in the middle and look it You gotta you get remember the other day. WWE is a business. What was the title sponsor of the pay-per-view this fucking movie? So of course they're gonna do something with it. they sponsored UFC the night before too So clearly this movie is dishing out the big bucks to get all this cross promotion So they probably gave WWE like hey We'll do even more money here if you want to advertise this. And plus, like you said, as Batista. It was a no-brainer. It's like, whatever. It doesn't bother me that much. Is it my favorite? No, but it's, come on. People got to grow up and fucking stop crying. I'm never going to watch WWE again because they had one match for 20 minutes that had zombies. Fuck off, you fucking loser. Go back and cry in your pillow. Get a fucking sock because that's all you deserve.
1: Ooh. Loser. I do. I, I do have a, a follow-up question since you do watch the UFC. Were there were there any zombie ring girls or a zombie outside of a cage or anything? No, it was not. It was just.
0: It was just the title sponsor that they uh-huh. brought up between like every fight. Like okay, I they just did curious. not. But that's the difference between UFC, obviously, which is real violence. But WWE is like it's real violence to a degree, but obviously we know a lot of it is scripted, so it's more of like a movie. So it makes sense to have your actors maybe play some roles and whatever. It's, I give them a shot because, hey, you know, it's one of those things where it's like they didn't mail it in. They put effort into it. Like the zombie costumes like were legit. They had it all planned out. Like you said, they, I had, I'm assuming they shot this earlier because the, the set was different and the graphics and everything. So they put effort into this thing. they just like, whatever, whatever. Get over it, people. If this is the worst thing that they do all year, then we had a pretty good fucking year.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, there's a pandemic going on, folks. So, I mean, you've already prepared for a pandemic. I mean, if a zombie apocalypse happens, you're already halfway there. So, you know. Yeah. Just deal you know, with it. We're, we're ready for it. We're ready for it. So, enjoy enjoy some uh, enjoy some stuff. That's all. That's all. Yeah. Something that I did enjoy was the next matchup, which I didn't expect. I didn't have a high bar on in terms of, like, getting me there. But in terms of the actual matchup, it went very long. Surprised the hell out of me. The ending, yes, we can talk about the ending not being perfect, but it was... Very creative, very ingenious with the uh, Bailey trying to cheat, and then of course Belair trying to use her hair and did use her hair successfully to win the matchup. And I just thought this was a great showing for Belair going forward, because uh, Bailey's you know no slouch. Obviously, she had the Belair loser kind of weird hair that she had going. Like I don't know if she had bed head or whatever, but it looked great <laughs> with Bailey like just kind of looking like disheveled. I thought they did a great job, and this is the part that like it frustrates me as a fan because I feel like I had to go through four or five weeks of just nothingness or or nothing to excite me to get to a match like this. So like, in an instance, right? And I guess this is a longer conversation that you and I can have at some point. Maybe it's here, maybe it's another place. Not that I think this is the match of the year, and I don't, but it's very good. It's very good. But I'm wondering how you feel about this. Does not having two or three or four weeks of lead-up being amazing... Does that hinder a match being the match of the year, or like is this because the story? It's part of a storyline, right? It's like an all-encompassing thing.
0: Yeah, this one is. I mean, we had a lot of these same conversations, but even to a higher degree with uh, going to WrestleMania with her and Sasha, and they had one of the matches of the year, I think, was two as well. So it's just Bianca's like had a, had a nice little run here. I think her main roster run in general has been very good since they like started. She went to SmackDown, but I does it take away from it? Maybe, but it's just also like. Uh, I, it's tough with this because when I get to like with these big fights, like I talk about all the time about not having champions fight a lot because you know you kind of want to build it up. Like that's part of being a champion is you come out and defend your title, but you don't you shouldn't have to be fighting every week because you're the champion. You know, people got to earn their opportunity to face you. Like you're the prize because you're holding the prize. So it's one of those things. It's like with the WWE world, they have weekly programs that they have to fill, and obviously you're gonna want your champions a part of it. So you got to come up with all these segments, but also not have it so it isn't like you're fucking fighting every week like they've been doing with Lashley. Because it just that can get stale, too. So it's, it's sometimes hard to be creative, especially, like, the one working against this feud in general was Bianca and Bailey had a very, very good feud that got Bianca ready for the main event to face Sasha. So Bailey coming back as their challenger, like, they already have the story. They've already done a lot of things together. So kind of trying to find new ways to spin it can be challenging. And... I think they just kind of, yeah, they dropped the ball, they a little sure, but I mean, I, we were all saying to you like on the Zoom before it started, like, you know what, the lead up is what it is, I'm excited for this match because right. you know it's going to be good because Bailey's good and Bianca's good, and I think Bianca's stuck to prove that she is one of the best going right now, which is impressive because you remember her at NXT, like everyone was critical, including us, because we deserved to be because she was very green and raw, but she has come a long way, and now she's putting on these high-level matches with high-level people, so the expectations are going to be start to risen and yes, I think her as like this meat white babyface champion. It's hard to sometimes book these feuds, and we saw it with Sasha, and we saw it with Bailey. And it's curious to see how it goes. It continues to go with her because I think a lot of the lead-ins to her matches might not be the best. But at the end of the day, for me, if when I get to her match and it delivers like it did on Sunday, I don't give a shit about the leading as much because you know we talk about the shows all the time, like week to week. There's so much stuff that's not great, anyways. It's like, yeah, would it be great if this was perfect? Sure. But it's like with how much they're exposed. As long as like we get to like the pinnacle of the feuds and the fights and the matches, and those are good, I'm not going to complain too much.
1: Mm. Okay, I, I that's just, just it, me though. I understand the criticism, and that's fine. I, I there's there's probably a part of me that just really wants her to just succeed because I feel like there. So here's the difference it, it, for me, and I, it's an unfair comparison completely because it, like it's just wrestling's different nowadays. But I feel like if when you're watching a feud on television that's your opportunity to grab somebody to say there's a pay-per-view in three weeks i'm kicking this person's ass you gotta tune in you know what i mean and the 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 logic has basically changed into we've already got your money because we're gonna sell this pay-per-view with one match that you clearly can't miss and then here's a really great undercard or some mediocre things but you're you're gonna deal with it anyway because you're gonna get to that one match and you're gonna buy the pay-per-view or peacock or whatever
0: that's how most things work, though. Not even right. WWE. You look at boxing, it's it's one match and there's an undercard. Same like UFC. There's usually one match, sometimes maybe two, but a lot of times there's one match. And it's like, oh, I want to watch it for that, and here's the rest. You right. Know, that's, and it sucks that's because— I
1: the same kind of how it works. Right, but I just feel like the, there's an art to promotional value of just those weeks of television. Because here's, here's the difference, right? At least for me. And again, I'm, I'm a very much—I used to be into the UFC, and I haven't just based on my schedule and everything. But the UFC doesn't have weekly television— You know what I mean? And that's a huge plus in in my opinion because you get, like, the I I live for the the weigh-ins and I live for the Dana Pressers afterwards and all that. Like, I I love that stuff because that's the real emotion and the real setup and all that stuff. Like, that's your opportunity to sell a pay-per-view, right? Versus wrestling doesn't feel that way on a Monday night or a Friday night for me because, I mean, I I can tune into NXT and feel like I'm in a third world because it's just, like, a completely different – like, it's a WWE umbrella – but it's a it's not Earth 1, it's not Earth 2, it's Earth 3. It's a completely different thing in its own universe and I enjoy that everything makes sense and everything makes a reason for me to go watch what I'm watching. But it's tough as you and I talk about if we didn't have the podcast, I don't know, we'd we'd be fast forwarding to catch up or reading articles or something like that. So, it's hard because I like but yeah, Bianca has the opportunity to make me feel like she could be one of the best ever. But until she gets a storyline to really sink her teeth into to show me, oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not only is she top tier, she's top five. That's what I want to see if she's going to be top five. Because she has the ability. Like Sasha, when Sasha's on my screen, I stop what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Well, let me put it this way for you. Because it's
0: just a different way to think about it. Because I think this is a discussion of something that happens all the time in wrestling. Like when you have these young stars and they're promoted like in their first run as a babyface. It is there is so much more attention and spotlight and pressure and those type of things on them. And I think it's all, like look at some of the stars that we've seen in the past, like when Roman Reigns for was first burst on the senior base, like Cena, like how much criticism they received similar to being like, Oh, I don't know if they could do it, blah blah because it's, it's I think it's it's a lot easier if you have a young star coming as a heel and prove themselves because when we talk about being a heel sometimes, it's just a lot it's a lot easier to book. like a babyface champion is so much harder i think there's so much pressure and i think the criticism comes in so much harder because you just mentioned it right there like we're looking at bianca like she's a champion she won the rumble she won it at wrestlemania in the main event it's like the expectations and level rises were like we're having the conversation like oh she won the best right now which is that fair Maybe, yeah, because she's the face of the company. But we also got to remember, she's still very young in her career. Mm. And this is just the beginning. So just imagine all the experience she's going to continue to gain. And maybe the conversation we have about her in five years. And maybe over that five-year span, like, when she gets another run eventually as a heel and probably fucking kills it. Because her character work at NXT as a heel, phenomenal. Her entering work, not so phenomenal. But now in the main roster, it's kind of like her character work as a babyface has been very, eh, whatever. It's like we, we really, we're all fans of her because of, like, her story, but in terms of, like, the character work, meh. But her in-ring work has been stellar. So it's just one of those things. I think it's just, it's one of those, like, peaks and valleys you get in terms of, like, how we feel about the person, like, as they go through their journey. And right now, I think we're at that point where, yeah, there's going to be a lot of pressure on her. And she's going to have to continue to learn and get better in these feuds. But I do think she's on the right trajectory because, like, we were we had this conversation, like, in the fall, I remember. We were talking about her and Biggie. And we were talking about them winning the rumbles. And I remember pretty much universally us and everyone else was saying, Biggie's ready. He should win the rumble, win the title. Bianca Belair's not ready. Don't want her to win the rumble. We were all fucking wrong. We were wrong because she was ready. And she's proved that she's ready. Like with her matches that she's had and the high-level work that she has done in spite of like maybe like this criticism of her lead-ins, like she proved us all wrong. And she deserves credit for that because she proved me wrong. She proved you wrong. Proved us all wrong because she was ready. And she this is just the beginning, and she's going to get better and better, and I'm excited that we're going to get to see it. I do hope that, yeah, she continues to learn, and maybe some of these feuds, like maybe if we get some fresh faces with a shake-up or whatever, maybe now that when Sasha comes back, it'll likely be very angry Sasha, maybe more heel Sasha. Maybe we'll feel that emotion a little more in the actual buildup as opposed to the, you're great, you're great, we had going into WrestleMania. So time will tell, but I think we're going to look back pretty fondly in a few years about her development.
1: That's fair. Moving on to the next one, which, again, poor Bobby can't main event to pay-per-view since he's been champion. Uh, we have the monsters. I, I, here's another thing. So they, they do the whole monster thing. This is a little tidbit that I thought was great. The referee, they just had, like, the smallest referee they could find <laughs> for the biggest monster. Like, they're all monsters in their own way. But the fact that the referee had to look up and, like, like almost not, like, just crane his neck but, like, look directly up at all of these guys just was a little bit of tidbit kind of stuff that, not you know, it's a throwaway. But it's details for things that I just I enjoy very much thoroughly for. Because it, it made me go, oh, yeah, they're like seven feet tall. There's like, they're at least six, six, at least all of them. You know, and they're monsters. And then, of course, we have the Ofa of the monster doing his stuff and Bobby trying to do whatever he can. And then, like, this match to me really highlighted Bobby really well until he kind of, like, took a siesta in the middle of it, obviously, because he had to come in and win. But then it also highlighted the fact that Mac has just—I don't know what it is—but it's just like all the luster, all the prestige. Stale. He's stale. It's just, and I'm not, and it's not his fault because he he wrestles so well. But I'm just not a fan of the character anymore. Like I, I want to see Braun and I want to see Bobby, but I just the like the Macintyre is 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 I, the fatigue is not even a word. I'm done. Like I, he when he's on my television regardless of what I'm watching I've I'm looking at my phone or I'm fast forwarding or I'm gonna check something else I it's just not it's not intuitive to what I'm watching in a wrestling product anymore and it's unfortunate he needs to change it up and Bobby slid in and won which was great because he's the heel they kind of went into the whole destruction thing but braun didn't really destroy anything the way that I thought he would. Yeah, it
0: was uh, was actually McIntyre, I believe, threw Bobby through, and uh, they had a bigger big explosion there, bigger than the exploding death match there with the little sparks flying as they went through the LED board, but that was really, like, it. Um, But yeah, no, I agree. There were moments in this match I thought were fun. I thought the Braun putting what's-his-face through a table at the end was, was really good. That was probably my favorite spot of the match, but overall, like, this was the positives that we were expected I think we mostly got, the disappointments we expected I think we got, so I guess it kind of was about what I expected, maybe a little less. But, I mean, like you said, this was just a way for them to get Lashley another win. It took care of the Braun thing to like kind of pay off his momentum a little bit. And we're probably going to get – we'll talk about what happened Monday, but I still think at Hell in a Cell it's going to be Lashley-Drew, hopefully for the final time, because I'm with you 100% on Drew. I love the guy too, but there has been no change in his character for over a year and a half, and it worked well, believe me. But there comes a point, especially with baby faces they get stale, man. They get fucking stale, and he is staler than fucking green bread. It just, it's, it's a shame, and he does need to change. Whether it's maybe he goes to a new show so he has some new opponents, or maybe he tweaks some things with his character. Like I wouldn't expect a heel turn anytime soon, but I just, it's something's got to change because, yeah, I think it's starting to take away from Bobby as champion too. Like. That's why I think Monday, which we're going to get to, was pretty exciting because there was at least a little flash of some new blood for Bobby because I think we're all sick of the mighty Scotsman.
1: You know, you did you did bring a good point here. Maybe we have a new nickname on our hand. If he is stale, if he is green bread, perhaps, JC, you've just coined the name Moldy McIntyre. Jesus. I you're thought you
0: were going to go with the Stale-ish, the stale Scotsman. Or something. No, no,
1: that's good too, stale yeah. Scotty. I don't
0: want to not too The Moldy McIntyre is pretty like, good, though. Like you said... It's not, like, he's doing great work in the rain and, like, whatever. It's just they need to find a different way, I think, to book him moving forward. And like I've been saying for, like, since WrestleMania, get him the fuck out of the title picture. Like, it just, it's not doing him any favors, so. yeah,
1: Just spend an opportunity somewhere else on somebody else. Just get it over with. Let's move on. Yeah. Speaking of moving on, we get to the main event, of course, with the Uso Uso Ua man. And then, of course... Cesaro which was a big big fight field as our boy Dami was saying they were giving stats at the beginning of Roman Reigns and like how great he is and how long he's been champion and all the people he's beaten and he was like you know Dom was saying oh this just lends to the credibility of like how big fight field this is and then you know Cesaro not having it you know they painted a picture really well it was just like watching Bob Ross paint it you know paint a picture and then the bell rings and you're just like what are we gonna get here folks and you're, you're like you said last week JC this was the match you cared for. This was the match you wanted to see. This is what you needed to have. You were curious to see how they were going to book it, right? So it was great. They went out of their way to make it great. Um, they did great work on the character end with the fact that he was wringing the arm of Cesaro and looking at the camera and saying, Hey, DB, I got your boy. I got your boy. That you know was great. Um, the character work was great, too. And it, it seemed like it was just a great overall presentation. Obviously, Cesaro lost pass out easier for a baby face to pass out than tap out, as we talk about you know, in the Jabberknocker thread. But I'm curious your thoughts on it, because it seemed almost like this is the way that JC drew it up when we talked about it in predictions.
0: Yeah, it played out exactly how I kind of expected it to, and I think the effect it had, I think like in the moment, obviously you get that disappointment, as you should, because our lost. But I think we're going to look back at this. Like When I look at this, like I think it's in the match of the year conversation. I have to think about it, but if you ask me to like put me on the spot, was the match of the year? I, I might say this one because I thought it was really—I thought it was a classic. Like, like you said across the board, like they checked every box in terms of the actual wrestling, the storytelling, like, and the Roman Reigns. Like you said, the thing about Bobby and like—I think it's less about Bobby and more about this guy right here because Roman Reigns. He is the epitome of a main event champion. Like he is, We're going to look back at his reign whenever it ends, which might not be till next year's WrestleMania or something, and we're going to look back and be like, that was one of the greatest championship reigns of all time because the dominance that he is proving, but it's not just the dominance. It's the way he's dominating because he's dominating because he's winning, not because he's squashing people. He's going out there and having these phenomenal matches. Him and Daniel Bryan was also a match of the year candidate. He's going out there with all different types of guys, in having just unbelievable matches. Look at what he's done for Jay Uso in general. And you expect a similar thing with Jimmy. Like he turned Jay Uso into main event Jay Uso with that feud. Like it just some of the weeks, yeah, were tough and I complained about a little bit, but some of their matches were top notch and the run Reigns is on is just there's a reason why he's the main event guy. Bobby's not gonna main event a pay per view until Roman Reigns isn't on a pay-per-view. That's just the bottom line, because Roman Reigns is the guy, like he has been saying. He is the top dog. And this, yeah, like Cesaro, like with a little inkling in their mind, like maybe they do it. Probably not. But I do think that they at least proved, Cesaro proved in this match that he can wrestle at a main event level, which we all kind of expected, but he proved it. But he proved it. Is the promo work there yet? No. Will it ever be there? Probably not. But if someday Cesaro does become a world champion, I think this match was the proving ground for him. So it would be like, showing one in the back, like, yeah, I can have these high-level matches. I can compete with the best guys. I can get the crowd behind me like almost nobody else can. And we'll see that when the crowds come back so yeah i loved this i thought it was great obviously we had roman sick his lap dog on him at the end but the other little thing i want to bring up is they've been leaving a little cookie crumb trail in the last couple weeks with seth rollins when roman reigns and seth rollins face off it is going to feel so special and it was going to feel that way anyways but these little tiny breadcrumbs they're leaving with these two it's just gonna make it so much better, and that is exciting as a wrestling fan because we complain about it all the time. I think WWE's improved on it the last couple of years with their long-term stuff, but what they're laying out here, like that—I mean, I'm assuming this is a summer, could be a SummerSlam main event. I think you might have Brock Bobby and Seth Roman, and that's woo. Like, that's Pants Ten City, baby. So, I like what they're doing there. Like, I know, whatever. Like, Seth and Cesaro getting back into a feud. Like, might not accept some people, but honestly, I think for Cesaro, it's not a bad thing. Because it puts him right back in a high-level feud. He might, she'll probably just beat Seth again. And you know what? I think we all win. Because Cesaro and Seth, they're not going to have a bad match. So, I'm all for it. I know we make fun of reruns on here, but if you're going to do them, do something like this. And, like, it's one of those things, it's like, they spaced it out because it made sense. Cesaro got the big win. He deserved the title shot. He got it. Now he gets knocked back down. He's fighting one of the other top contenders. Like, that's how these type of things work. So I don't hate it. Like, I get the criticism like, oh, my God, they're doing it again, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think people need to be on, as negative on Cesaro as they might feel just because he lost. I think Sunday was a big win for Cesaro.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. But then the Seth Rollins thing at the end was a little weird. Where it was just like we ended the pay-per-view on Seth Rollins, which makes me beg the question, do you think that we're going to forego Roman Reigns in a Hell in a Cell and they'll have Cesaro and and uh, Seth Rollins in the Hell in a Cell instead?
0: I'm curious. I'm, I'm, that's one of many reasons I'm looking forward to SmackDown this week because, I mean, who knows? They could have Roman versus Jimmy Uso. Maybe he turns in like him and Jay were Hell in a Cell last year, I believe. So it's one of those things like, I don't know. I think Seth and Cesaro Hell in a Cell would be a lot of fun um but yeah no i don't know maybe maybe roman doesn't actually fight on that pay-per-view but it's interesting i i, I just think smackdown has done a really good job with a lot of their top tier storylines and kind of intermingling guys that it has me excited to watch on fridays which we don't always say you know so it's
1: true so that's pretty much backlash overall what do you think six eight ten what do you think um i'll give it a Seven and a half. Seven and a half okay because I sure. thought the wrestling was really
0: good. If the zombie match didn't happen, I'd probably give it an extra point. But I just think the three matches that we really highlighted, I thought, already like made that a phenomenon, made it a worth the pay-per-view. Because 50% of the show. More than that, because those matches were long. Sure.
1: Very much so. All right, so I think it's time to get into the regular part of the show. We talk about the shine. Always in the shine. Mandy!
0: Always in the shine. We'll maybe get to them later. I don't know. But maybe it's not. where we've we been starting to shine for weeks. RK bro, baby. Them in the new day right now are having the, one of the best non-title tag team feuds in a long time, and it's just getting started. They do the backstage segment, which, man, those backstage segments with those four guys, they just make me happy. I enjoy watching it. It's good, must-see television. If you, I know a lot of people don't watch RAW, but the only thing you have to watch, I know our boy West says it on Twitter all the time. Only main roster thing he watches is RK Bro, and there's a reason for that because they're so good. Riddle and Orton's like playing off each other and then you mix in the new day it's just so good obviously like we got a kofi randy match no one's gonna complain about that kofi got his first big one of the night and but the, the part that i loved after it's like okay well how are we gonna get this so we can actually have these two teams fight because riddle wants to be their friends we finally had riddle show a little bit of frustration and shove xavier woods so that kind of got me excited too because it's like okay i want to see these two teams fight in WrestleMania. and it's one of those things where it's like on raw where it's usually they have pointless matches and shitty suits like There's no titles involved here, no stakes or anything, but I want to see this. I want to see these four guys go at it. Like They're telling a fun story here.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's the thing that is like logic. When logic dictates what we're watching, it's believable, and the believability of this is like Riddle's trying to get in the good graces of Randy Orton, so he's trying to smooth that over, but he also doesn't want to forget his friends. Like, Forget on a wrestling level, on a human level. You think about that on a human level when you have two sets of friends and you all want to hang out together and you know that the personalities are just going to clash, that's exactly what that promo was. It was that human nature of, listen, we're all here now. Let's talk about it. Let's get it over with. And, of course, Randy's like, I'm not saying I'm sorry because I'm not sorry. You know what I mean? And, like, he was very juvenile and childish about it, and that's fine. And then, of course, Kofi had to step up and be Kofi and do his thing, and Kofi does it better than anybody else. And, of course, you know, the hype man that Woods is made it even better. You know, talking about Randall and calling him Randall, like a schoolyard kind of thing. It was great. So then we get into the matchup, and then, like, Kofi wins, which was great. And I I know almost unexpected a little bit. But the more unexpected was Riddle pushing him after Randy got pissed off. And I thought Randy you know, he, he did a great job of making it seem like he was that close to giving Riddle an RKO. Like they yes. alluded to. They yep. alluded to in the promo earlier about he'll he'll bite you too at some point, which again is the end game we know. But right now, He's trying to, to not do that. So, like, the frustration of the Viper gets into Riddle. He pushes over Woods. Next week, we're going to get Woods versus Riddle most likely because that's the way the WWE books their stuff. But, again, it's fine. But now we're going to see maybe, I bet you next week, we're going to have a promo where Riddle is backstage with Woods saying, Hey, I'm sorry, I got heated, that's not me, bro, I love you, and and then Woods is gonna be like, no, 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 bro, like, you've already made your grave, you're sitting in it, you're with RKO now, so then you're gonna get that little aspect of real life, where it's just like, nah, man, you made your decision, now you gotta lay in it, and that, to me, as you said, it's a real thing, it makes sense, logic, 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 and there we are, in in one of the best feuds, with the exception of my opinion, Sheamus, this is the only thing that I watch on Raw, where I'm like, this is freaking great, you know, so... Again, they need to, they need to sit there and, and and this is probably me being an asshole, but this is like, they have all these writers here who probably haven't seen sunlight or they're outside of their mother's basement or like have, you know, whatever, like real relationships or anything like friendships, but like, these are the comments like, how many times have you and I probably gotten to arguments and like you could build a feud off of that? How many times have you gotten upset with your sister or, or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whomever? Those are the things that people dictate. Like when you watch The Bachelor, Bachelorette, these are the things that you sit and popcorn munch on. You know, like and this is why it's good. You need to inject real life into the, as minuscule as this feud is. It's believable. Plain and simple. It's good shit, like
0: you said. And you mentioned Sheamus, and we are, I promise, we're going to get there after this next point. But the other thing I want to highlight is this whole open challenge thing. First of all, I love that it was kind of like built up throughout the night where you had pretty much every superstar talking about possibly answer, answering the challenge. I think that builds excitement, especially with people you might not expect. You know, I have, I actually have something, a little something to my hope about. You know, maybe another short-term little Bobby thing going on with someone else, but I just—we talked about Lashley McIntyre, probably still where we're going at Hell in a Cell. But Kofi answering that open challenge—I did not expect it. I don't think anyone expected, and I loved that because what have we always talked about with Kofi Nessa? he's never really got his rematch for that WWE Championship, and obviously, like one of the most historical things we've seen in a, like ever. But like in recent memory, was the whole Kofi run there and. The minute he came out, I was like, Kofi Lashley, have they ever fought? And apparently they've never fought in one-on-one competition. They've been, you know how long both those guys were in the company. Obviously, Lashley left for a bit, but that's an astounding stat. So I like this. And not only that, it's like Kofi picks up the win. So now, like, you're looking at the results. Like, Kofi beat Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley in the same night. Like, Kofi motherfucking Kingston is back, baby. And obviously, we know, like, he's going to get a shot at Bobby whether it's like next week and they use it as a buildup for McIntyre, which I think is most likely, or maybe after Lashley takes care of McIntyre, Kofi's next up once they finish up with RK bro. Maybe that's what they do. So I like that there's a lot of options here. Cause what we talk about all the time, I love when there's multiple contenders for stuff. And I think AEW and NXT do it so much better than the main roster. Cause the main roster is always like this one and this one for that. And that's how it is for three months. Whereas the other ones kind of mix it in. I love that. Like, yeah, Lashley and McIntyre is the main feud right now, but Kofi's there as a contender that's fucking exciting. I doubt we'll get a triple threat because we just had that, but I thought that was fun. I thought the whole idea of an open challenge was fun. I love that people got mad when they thought it was going to be a title opportunity, and I was like, dude, you knew when they got to the main event they were going to say non-title. First of all, they're fucking heels. Second of all, they like to draw you in and then disappoint you because that's the whole point because you're supposed to hate Bobby Lashley and MVP, so bravo. You guys got got, motherfuckers. So, it's just, I, I loved it. I loved that they threw it throughout the night. I loved that it was Kofi. I think they did a good job with it.
1: And I think they went even, even as far as, like, out of the break, they played the promo coming back in and halfway through the match to be like, nah, he really didn't say it, guys. Like, calm, calm the hell down, you know. But that's where the WWE, the WWE makes their money on anger. They don't make the WWE money on, like, making people happy. Like, they can say being the WWE puts a smile on people's faces. Yeah, 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 that's exactly sure. For those, like, you get, like, maybe a handful of those moments a year, but more often than not, they just upset you the whole year to get you to those moments. So. But you
0: know why those moments are extra special? Right. Because of shit like this. Like, exactly. that's why the Daniel O'Brien story was probably one of the greatest stories of all time because the way they built it up and how much they put them down. Kofi was a similar thing. Like, Becky, like, you look across the board like these big baby face breakthroughs. A lot of the times it's because they didn't give him the opportunities when you wanted them, and they, you kind of was part of the journey. So when the guy, like, that's what I've been harking on with Cesaro, man. He's on that trajectory to have that type of moment. So patience is a virtue sometimes, and there's a reason why they do stuff like this. And look at, like you said, they're not going to make you happy every week, especially look at it right now. You have heel champion on Raw, heel champion on SmackDown. There's going to be a lot of sad faces at the end of the That's kind of the point.
1: Send them home sad. <laughs> instead of Hogan must pose anybody can be sad it's fine it's yep. fine uh, so you kind of before you say the the uh, the, the whole Seamus thing I do want to point out very quickly just very quickly because you said about the, the, the journey It would be apropos to say right now that Tamino winning with Natty was a big deal with that so that's in, that's in my that's in my shine I'll leave it there I'm sure you want to talk more about it in your heat or anywhere else but I just wanted to say specifically I believe that's pretty cool that's all I don't care
0: not um, much, but I will, say, I will say this. I will say this, and you better take a picture of this moment because I'll probably never say it again. That shitty segment, Alexis' Playground on Raw, the only good part of that promo, the best part of that promo by a landslide was Tamina. Tamina fucking was great in that shitty fucking segment. That was the most I've ever cared or been interested or like enjoyed Tamina. I thought she did great. She barely had to do anything, but it was how she did it. So I'll give her props for that, but I ain't going beyond that cool moment. Clearly people think very highly of her. and She's an amazing person because everyone and their mother, whether they're with the company or not, with the company was thrilled for her on Twitter. So I'm happy for her as a person. That is awesome. But in terms of TV, I don't care too much. All right, so but you mentioned her. Sheamus. Yeah, moving on to you, Sheamus. You mentioned Sheamus. Yeah, he's been fucking phenomenal. If it wasn't for Riddle, like Sheamus, and this is why I love that WrestleMania feud. Like, Sheamus is right there, too. Like, he's 1B or 1C if Riddle's 1A and 1B in terms of best things going right now. He's on a hell of a run. He's continuing to do great stuff. And you know I love my boy Ricochet. So when he answered that open challenge on the pre-show, I was excited. It obviously set up. Sheamus got the win, but Ricochet stole the guard. I'm like, this is fun. Because when is Sheamus at his best? When he gets fucking mad. And he was so fucking mad. So he comes out on Monday all stompy and angry. Like, ah, a stupid fucking punchable face on and his fucking thing and Ricochet comes out again wearing his shit can't keep the hat on because he flips around too much and that was hilarious but it's just like this is when Sheamus is not his best you know what else what do I continue to say about Ricochet he's best with these bigger physical guys like whether it's the Baron Corbins of the world and that's why I'm excited for the Brock Lesnar like put him with a guy like Sheamus him and, she- him and Ricochet are gonna have a fucking awesome match you know what we got two within 24 hours and I want more baby I know Sheamus has won both of them but hell man I could watch that again and again and again because both these guys can fucking go in different ways, and when they go in different ways at it together, oh, they make beautiful music.
1: I did, however, not enjoy the uh, Irish <laughs> Ricochet promo. Like, <laughs> like just add but to it the- was Rick
0: O'Shea! No, I did, I did, I did, I did, I did pop Shout for that. Shout out the Joe Stopper, Rick. Rick O'Shea!
1: Yeah, I did pop for that. I just it thought it was like he tried really hard, and I was like, he's almost there. He's almost there, like, he's showing a little bit more charisma. Great on him. And then the match happened. I'm like, I forgot all about it. The match was great. And, like, the ending, like, it was a little bit wonky with the whole, like, did he kick out? Like, but he picked Frank up and then, like, nailed him. Because it was great to see him sail off the second rope and eat a bro kick. But it wasn't a bro kick. It was a knee. Got up and eat the bro kick. I thought that was great. Because, like, most of the time, yeah, that would have been a great crescendo. But the fact that it was, like, he didn't really get him, so let's get him again. And then he just, like, took one in the mush. And I... I when somebody's, like, willing to be like, nah, like, let me let me take it for real. I'm in for it. And like I said, Sheamus, like, week after week after week in a full, a sea full of things that I just do not care about has made me not reach for my remote. And I think that that is just – people don't give him enough credit. They don't say how much they like Sheamus. Obviously, our boy Ben and you have been fellow twins forever. But, like, I've, you know, been a closet Sheamus fan forever. But this is the point where, like – He has shown you why he's relevant. He finds a way to make himself look like an ass, no matter what the situation is. And he's still like the bully, and it's great. And there's so many people that need to go back. Like People say, study this tape, study that person, whatever. People need to study Sheamus because he's a case study on how to be a wrestler in different decades, in different situations, in different parts of the card. And he's done it well. Almost every single time, and the character hasn't gotten stale. And if it has, he's found a way to not make it stale, and he's wonderful. That's at it. the point. That's the point that I want to hit on because when you say the word consistent, you
0: think that oh well, the consistent that means it doesn't change. And no, Seamus has been one of the most consistent performers the last however long he's been in the company. But part of the reason why he's been so consistent—I say consistent, I mean like good and like at a level where it's like like you said, no matter where you put him, plug and play he's doing his job and he's doing it well because yes, he has, he's unique. He has a unique moveset, but he makes little tweaks. It's just like with Randy Orton. They, these guys like the Miz, like they make little tweaks all the time, whether it's a catchphrase change or he fucking gets a stupid mohawk or does this thing or starts like with a different type of thing in the ring or he starts picking out like bringing out like focusing on a different part of like his personality. Like there are little things that like you said, keep you interested. And Seamus has always been so good at that. And like you say, he's a cocky asshole. But he's also willing to put himself out there. He has a unique moveset. He's a consistently good performer in the ring. He matches up well with anyone at any point in the card, whether it's for a title, not for a title, whether it's supposed to be a haha or serious. Like, Seamus is great. Can't say enough things about him. And, yeah, I'm with you. RK bro and Seamus, give me that all day, every day on Raw.
1: Anything else that got you really excited this week? The only other piece
0: of shine that I have from the two shows was on SmackDown. And, um, you know, my boy's got a little momentum now because this week he picked up his second win in a row. Does was King Corbin, defeating Shinsuke Nakamura. But you know what, King Corbin? You know I love the guy no matter what forever. But I don't disagree with people when they say the King thing has gotten old. It absolutely has. It's been old for a while. So it's like, why am I excited about this? Because Shinsuke stole his crown. And they started to hint at their... Like fox pound a pole and all these things. King of the Rings coming back and it's coming back sooner rather than later, which is good. Because that means maybe Corbin can evolve a little. Like the kid thing he had a great run with it. He still looks great with the garb. I still pop when I see him. I created my favorite gif of all time that I will always use till the end of time. But it's time to send Corbin back to his roots. And that's a fucking asshole ass kicker. Enough with the king stuff. And Nakamura stealing his crown, I think, is gonna slowly get us there. It might be a rocky road. Who knows how long it takes, but That at least, like, got me excited because it got me thinking, okay, we have, first of all, we have a feud for Corbin and Nakamura, two guys that haven't had much to do in a while, but it's also like we're finally going to get some changes character-wise and we're going to be getting Kim and Rain back, which I think should have saved everyone.
1: Can I just ask really quickly, because it's me, I have to ask. Don't you think it's a little weird that on SmackDown and Raw, they both have people stealing people's uh, wardrobe? Doesn't bother me. Okay. It's
0: definitely, I honestly didn't think about it, so you brought it up, but, like, it's yeah, like we see this all the time with the parallels and the programming. Like sometimes someone does it, they kind of copy it, but whatever. It's a, it's it's like in wrestling. There's probably there's like there's probably five or six devices that are used constantly, and this is one of them. You know, we're, we're props guys, so it doesn't bother me that much.
1: Okay, I just I'm just curious. I get you. I get the point though. I all understand. Right. What you're saying, so I don't I know. Have, that's a thing for you. I don't have much more to say this week, so I'm gonna hit the heat button. <laughs> Get him off my TV, get him off my TV, get him off my TV. Where to start? Uh, you know, we could always start with our boy Elias checking on AJ Styles. I, that was a long fucking that was match, a long too. Fucking I got match. forwarded for like 20 minutes. That was a long match. That one, I don't know if we start off with there. Or we start off with Bobby being uh, the, the new godfather with the women. Like, I don't know. Like uh, There's so many things that I could go off on, but it's just like, I'll just do a quick... Elias in the in the ring with AJ Styles is laughable in general. Like I just I was watching it going like he he made him not fast forwardable. I guess, but at the end it was like it was a it was a DQ. Like they couldn't they couldn't just have Elias eat a forearm and lose. They had to have a DQ. Which because
0: this is the feud. This right. is the feud
1: for AJ and Oleus right now because the other two good tag teams are
0: fighting each other. So and apparently the Viking Raiders just are only lumberjacks now. But I just no I'm I fast forwarded this whole thing so I I literally could tell you how much i care.
1: Well, i watched it and i thought like, you know, and it, it appeared to me like when i was watching it's like AJ Styles is a very much a hybrid wrestler, high flyer, can ground and pound and also do some missions and everything. Like he's just a he's just a five five-tool guy. But then you watch Elias and i'm like, his speed would have been in the 80s. He would have been perfect in the 80s. He's an 80s, 80s guy. He has one way to go. He's got a little athleticism, he's clearly got some creativity and musician kind of thing. Like that would have worked so well. He could have been better than Honky Tonk. Like by far. He's just stuck in the wrong decade. And that's what I've come to is just accept what he is, move on, or just perish. I mean, really, that's what we're, we're headed towards. Then, of course, the thing like the head-scratcher thing with Bobby with these women was kind of like, huh? Like, that made that made no damn sense, as you would say. Uh, you know, but... Uh, that don't make no well, damn him thing. and
0: lot aren't together anymore, so the man's going to have some ladies to celebrate with. Come
1: on. Yeah, the Twitter was not kind to those ladies, I will tell you that much. Um, well,
0: Twitter's not kind to anyone. They're a bunch of fucking pieces of shit.
1: That's true. That's very much true. Um, but, you yeah, know, there's not much to say there, but it is what it is. And then, of course, we get to—there's so many things that—like, I guess this is a, a ball of twine in, in a lot of ways. So Tamina and, uh, and Natty beating a jobber alert, Shayna because it seems like that's her M.O. for a jobber alert— but you know the whole Alexa. That's
0: because Alexa wants to feud with Reginald.
1: Yeah, so Alexa and Reginald. So that's the whole thing too. Like, so we now we don't have we don't have a decisive. So we have backstage we have the women's division. To me, is like an anomaly, right? Like we had the two like, in my opinion, the two like fluff tag teams of the Sexy Muscle Friends and the Glow Girls. Like they're great in their own way, but they shouldn't sniff tag team championships ever. In my opinion, they're great, but whatever. And then Charlotte came in and dismissed them all. But they're like, we got next, we got next. And it's just like, huh, okay. And then we have Lily setting fire to Reginald or Alexa, whoever. And it's just the moving parts are like, there's no pecking order. There's no there's no reeling under, real understanding of where we are. It just feels like, let's light this guy on fire. Let's let this person get a feud with this person. And then we got to end this feud over here. Let's just throw it all together. And everybody's watching in this doll. I'm telling you right now, folks. I said it on Twitter. I was going to make it my my hope as a joke, but seriously, we're probably headed to to Alexa Bliss holding those tag titles with that doll. That's where we're headed. That's my fear. Well,
0: let me put it this way. If anyone has to lose to a doll, it's Tamina.
1: (laughs) You would say that. You would say that.
0: Yeah, it's just like I I look at it. I think the last couple weeks I told you how I feel about the fucking doll. I love Alexa. I always will. But I just, they lost me with this. And clearly, like, because, you know, she was watching the match last week. We thought it was for Charlotte Rhea. Apparently, it was about Shania Payne and Reginald. More importantly, Reginald. So, we're clearly going to get Reginald's just going to do the job to Alexa, and then she'll probably feud with Naya or Shayna or both or whatever. That's clearly where they're going with that. And then Tamina and Naya, or Tamina and Ty are going to move on to the the other tag teams. Um, The tomato cans. the, the, The three women that have been in the Raw Main event are still in the Raw Main event for now, I think. So, it just. Yeah, Alexa Reginald thing. I just it doesn't get me excited. I always get excited when I see fire because super hot fire and he sold it well. Whatever. I just it wasn't, I even, just it wasn't even close do,
1: to Reginald's face, by the way. I, but that's fine. They cover. I can't shit do the
0: it. fucking doll. I just when it comes down, to, I just can't do the fucking doll. What if
1: what if uh, what if Alexa possesses somebody from the doll and like turns to or turns to Shayna Baszler or Anaya or somebody into something like that? Like, like a zombie, like the menace. Well, not a zombie, but the <laughs> manifestation of uh, Lily. Maybe I don't know.
0: I, I just I like I said I just whenever I see that doll I'm out. I just it's dumb. In my opinion, some people might like it. I think it's too. Like I'm willing to deal with a lot of that stuff because I think it can be fun. But the doll just completely takes me out of
1: it. Do you do you think that there are a lot of staunch Alexa supporters that no matter what happens they'll just stick with her even if the doll? Hell terrible. yes. Yeah.
0: And I, I will always support Alexa. Like she's always been one of my favorites. I think she's one of the most charismatic women ever. I think just like, and she's clearly proven it with the types of different characters she's done over the years. It's just, she's amazing. She's amazing at that. I just, this one, this particular one, I just don't care for because I don't care for the doll.
1: All right. Well, that's that. Moving on. R-Truth brought the, uh, the the championship back from the dead and lost to Tozawa. You fucking cursed that shit. I know.
0: You were like, ah, oh, the 24-7 championship is gone. And then immediately, here comes fucking Fruit Ninja to pin him, and there you go. Fruit
1: Ninja. Tozawa, R-Truth, first, first off, I don't sound like some, like, pretty humphescent, like, jersey boy. The way you do talk about me, is like, I fucking called it. You know, like, that's not me, man. I don't sound like that. I'm eloquent. I'm from uh, North Shore. I got that Boston accent, maybe every once in a while, but yeah, I'm not that. Fake
0: accent you got going on right
1: there. We <laughs> are uh, Anyway, Mason T-Bar wanted to. So here's the here's the bigger, grander thing of the heat that I was just kind of aggravated with. Like I like how they were like, I'm gonna answer the open challenge. I'm gonna answer the open challenge. But like what? Like I, that made me wanna tune into the main event, which is good on them. But at the same time, like what's stopping everybody to being like, everybody can just beat up Bobby. You know what I mean? Like I know we're in the wrestling world, but like, why why aren't we there? Why aren't we making it logical to be like? Maybe that's where we're heading. All those guys beat up on Bobby. Like everybody that wanted to be on there, like Priest and Mason T Bar, which to me seems like so. There is uh, there's something about Mason T Bar when I'm watching them that do not make them feel like they are a threat at all, and I do not take them feel like. Really, I don't. I think since they've removed the masks, I feel like they're more of a threat. No, absolutely not. I I, I felt like that, and this is this is just me. This is just me, and I, I was half watching the promo, so that's on me. But I I if you go back and watch that promo and you kind of listen to the way they speak, it could be them putting oil on each other. Like it did, it, it made like no sense to me. Like there was no there was no like, it felt like, it felt like they were talking in a locker room about Bobby. Be, like you know what I mean, like trying to pretend to be a wrestler versus actually being wrestlers. And then the Undertaker always says says that to people: stop pretending to be a wrestler and start being a wrestler. That's where they are stuck. And I know they're very young in their careers. And I I want the world for DiJack because obviously his roots to here. That's beside the point. But I was sitting there going, there is nothing menacing about them. There is n- like they have been neutered beyond neutered in my opinion, and it it, it showed. I will say
0: this: is I understand what you mean. Whereas, I definitely think they try a little too hard to be menacing, Mm -hmm. and I think we definitely see right through that. But I am happy that they've broken; they were obviously broke away from retribution. They discarded those stupid fucking masks, and like, you know, they're still like the war paint or whatever. But whatever. Like, yes, I do agree. Like, they do try too hard to be more menacing or intimidating. But I think overall, like, they're just they're an imposing force as two big guys. I don't think we've really had a tag team like that, but also like you have Dijak, who's in very incredible athletic ability in the ring with the types of things he can do is that I do want to see them more fight, less talk at this point. Um, but maybe I, hey, them and the Viking Raiders, I think would be a pretty fun feud. Wouldn't it? I don't think either have much to do. So why aren't we doing that? But I, like you said, I like, like I said earlier, I, I saw the promos more of a positive than a negative. I understand you probably like, why didn't everyone come out? It's one of those things It's like, Kofi must have got there first. It's That's just how it is. But I think it at least, like, laid some groundwork where down the line, like, maybe Prescott does
1: get a shot. Maybe T-Bar and Mace do go after Bobby, even though they hired them temporarily. Who knows? I mean, even Sheldon, Sh- Sh- Sheldon made me excited because I thought, I, like, at least for a I was like, Sheldon's finally going to get his tonight, folks. Like, that 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 was the promo that I was watching going, like, he. the other part of it was just, like, he was saying he's not going to hurt Cedric, and Cedric came up, and then he hurt Cedric. So that was, like, beside the point. But... I was like, okay, Shelton's going to get his tonight. Like, good for him. Like, I would I would tune into that. Now, granted, the Kofi thing was better, but, like, I would much rather see Shelton than anybody else besides Kofi. You know what I mean? Like, he deserves it. I'll have more on that in a little bit. Okay. Sorry. Um, moving on. Is there anything else that got you kind of hot and bothered besides the Charlotte and no, but rerun? What did you... What... No, yeah, I don't that, – we already talked about Move the and stuff
0: with that. But yeah. How did you feel about the actual Lumberjack we got between Priest and Morrison?
1: Uh, you know, it was a good match. I felt like the, the Lumberjacks did a lot of the stuff. It felt – this was the first time where I went, okay, now I'm feeling the fatigue. Now I'm feeling like not only did we have a Lumberjack zombie match the night before, but we had a Lumberjack match the night after. Obviously, the Miz may or may not have gone down, which that sucks if it does. Torn ACL, throws up. Yeah, so, I mean, he's had, he's never been injured, so, I mean. Yeah, and this is one of those
0: injuries a fluke. He's going to be on a long time, but,
1: yeah, it, it sucks. sucks but, but like now, He'll when, be back. Yeah, he'll be back, and he'll be better than ever because he's just a Miz, and he finds a way, but the Morrison thing is just like, okay, now we need to find something new for Morrison because this is just – I was watching this match and I just felt so much fatigue. I mean, the Karana and then the finish at the end was great. Uh, you know, I do love the Kung Fu kind of stuff that they were doing match and stuff, but like, and they had a good story outside. The one thing I will say, and it's just, just me being, you know, being in the industry of wrestling and other and dealing with people on different levels and stuff. But don't be an asshole if someone's doing a fucking superplex and not catch them. Like, they all caught Priest, and then fucking poor Johnny just, like, fucking hit the ground, and I'm like, come on, guys. There were 40 of you. You One of you couldn't have taken a leg to the head or the shoulder and helped the poor guy not take a j- giant bump to the outside. Now, granted, I'm sure he's fine, but it's just those things always annoy the fuck out of me, like the Miz not catching people. Like, that that annoys me to no end because it's just such an asshole thing to do. He's a heel! No, it's just, it's, it's just like the, there were there were heels out there that could have caught him. There were baby faces that could have taken a leg to the head or whatever. It's, just, it's, just, it's erroneous to me. It doesn't make any damn sense. I got nothing else. That's fine. That's fine. Would you like to get hopeful? <laughs> Glorious.
0: You are my only hope.
1: You did tease that you had a hope. Would you like to go?
0: Yeah. Uh, it's pretty simple. Shelton Benjamin. He has momentum for the first time in, like, forever. Like, him and Cedric had a great match, like I gushed about last week. I love that they had the little disagreement uh, outside and then backstage. I just think it's one of those things where it's like you can take advantage of the short-term fire and take advantage of a short-term rivalry where it's like, you know, yeah, we got McIntyre going on with Stale. You've injected some Kofi. But in the near future, I wouldn't mind a mini feud with Shelton as well. Maybe he gets a shot and he really puts Bobby over because you know Shelton would do that. And I think they could really have a fun match. I think they'd have a lot of good chemistry. And as the biggest Shelton Benjamin Uh, stand in the world. I want to see that. So yeah, I want Shelton Benjamin to get a match for the WWE Championship of Bobby Lashley sometime in the near future. I think it would be great for both men, especially for my boy Shelton, because let's be honest, like, I mean, he could hang around forever because he's so good, but he ain't getting any younger. Um, His stuff with Cedric right now, I think, has been a lot of fun and I think it would make a lot of sense because I do think Bobby needs some of these like, short-term ones to just pick up those W's to just continue to be the dominant champion. So eventually, when we do get to the Brock Lesnar, like I expect, he has like all these wins along the way. So, hey, maybe that's the lead-up for Brock Lesnar. Who knows? Maybe a little mini feud with Shelton Benjamin before because he's Brock's boy. So I think there's a lot of possibilities for it. I want to see it. This is a selfish hope this week. Shelton Benjamin gets a, w- a shot at the WWE Championship. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag,
1: JC's hopes come true. Well then. you are a sheltie stand. I will say that much. You ain't dead.
0: no stopping me,
1: no. No, ain't, ain't no stopping getting that song ever. Not gonna happen. Um, we're stuck with EO. EO sounds like a fucking police song. Whatever. Anyway, uh, so my my I, I had one in my head as you were talking, and then I had another one pop right into my head. So I I, I could go either way on this. I'm trying to figure out. I'm going to go with the more Uso-centric one because I think it's more fun. I want to see Jimmy Uso get his in the Hell in a Cell against Roman Reigns. I think there's a lot of poetry when you can say a year later or like the same pay-per-view or the whole thing, but I I want to, I think that it's important flip side here where, so the first time it happened with Jay, you know, Jimmy came out hobbling and tried to throw the towel in and they had to acknowledge him and all that shit, which is, Interesting here, right? Because if you think about it from the story standpoint, Jimmy came out hobbling and acknowledged Roman Reigns back then. But now that he's back, he refuses to acknowledge him, which is interesting to me. So they can build upon that. But what I think is going to be the, the what I hope to be the bigger kind of like overall theme here is that I think that Roman Reigns is fine on his own. He doesn't need the Usos. Like, yeah, it's a cool visual to have the Usos behind him, but he has Paul Heyman, who's just eating up scenery anyway. Um, so my hope specifically is, is that Jimmy Uso gets his at Roman Reigns in Hell in a Cell, but the, st- the strange turn of events is going to happen here where the character work takes over, and Roman Reigns is going to beat him into a bloody pulp. But this time, Jay Uso is going to finally nut up and break away... And then we're going to see the Usos eventually get back into what they're doing. It's going to be a couple of weeks here and there of tugging and pulling. But I, I firmly believe that we are headed to that road of like the Usos are what they want to be at some point. Not right now. That's fine. They can do when they want it. And we're going to have, a, I think, a really cool moment here where like Jay Uso realizes he's already done what he can do with Roman Reigns. And it's now it's time to be his own self again. With his brother. And I think we're going to get a really cool emotional thing. At least that's what I'm hoping for. For Jay to turn away from Roman Reigns. Because I think it's time that Roman Reigns doesn't really need anybody. I thought a stable would be cool with Roman Reigns. But he's just doing so much by himself. Like, I don't know if anybody saw it. I think I tweeted it with the Jabberknocker boys. But that point where Sarah at the end (laughs) was asking, Roman, can I get a word? And he goes, I bet you would. And then walked away. I was like, (laughs) he doesn't need anybody. He doesn't need Paul to speak for him. He doesn't need Jay Uso doing anything for him anymore. Like... You can always get new people to be part of the table. You know what I mean. But I forego the whole, the whole having a whole giant stable. He doesn't need it. He does not need it. He is a he is a stable full of studs by himself. Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso back together after Hell in a Cell would be a really cool thing. That's my hope.
0: I agree. I do think that we're gonna get the visual though. Maybe at SummerSlam with the show ending with him posing and them posing with the tag titles. Have the sea of blue there for the family, and then maybe they do that. But I could see this too. I think it would make a lot of sense to finally have, like you said, the lap dog met up and be the runaway dog to get away from Roman. But NestleMania, don't call it a comeback. I'm heading to Wednesday nights for mine because a crowning achievement last Wednesday the new TNT champion, Miro. I love this man. It is well documented. He has been one of my favorite wrestlers for a very long time. His work as Rusev in WWE, he is one of my favorite characters from start to finish. And to see him get his moment here and really now be holding this title, I think his reign is going to be fun because he's going to be dominant. He's finally away from the Kip Sabian stuff. He can cut those heel promos. He can be that dominant guy. He can go out there. Here's the thing about Rusev. He's a really freaking good wrestler, too. I think we forget it sometimes because his character work is so fun. and He's so good at beating the fuck out of people. Like He can really go on the mat. And I think AEW is good at, like, having these featured just wrestling matches. I think he's going to have some great ones, it appears, Lance Archer first out. But I'm excited for it because this is what we've been waiting for with Miro. And he, it's not the world title yet, quote-unquote, in AEW. But I think he can really give meaning to that TNT title that, you know, Darby's reign wasn't that great. They tried to manufacture it being great by the end, having him defended every week. But he didn't have a good reign because it was more about fucking sting. Ain't no more staying around this title. It's Miro, and it's Miro, and he's going to be holding that thing. He's going to be kicking ass on Wednesday nights. And I'm pumped for it because he's my boy. So my comeback goes to Miro, your new face of TNT. I'm
1: going to give my comeback to Apollo Crews and Commander Z, only because I did not expect them to have the ceremony of Medal of Honor, and I was thoroughly entertained by it on SmackDown, and I was just watching it going, I need more of this stuff. Like, forget the chicanery that happened afterward, but I need more things like this where, like, the Gaga and the props and the whole deal, like, that big... It looks like a giant Q-tip that he walks out with, but that's fine. That's beside the point. But, so you sit there and you're wondering, like, it made me feel like, okay, he's getting a Medal of Honor, he's doing this whole thing about pledging his allegiance to him and all that stuff. So, for me, those two did a great job with that, and I think they did a wonderful, absolute, just a, a slam-dunk home run with that, and... uh I wanted to give him my comeback because it was kind of like lost in the shuffle of everything on SmackDown and probably forgettable. So I think this is worth talking about. They get my comeback. Yeah, I do have one correction for you. It's Commander Aziz. I <laughs>
0: Aziz. I love it. But you know what? Yeah. Hey, that comeback is going to transition us right to the big all finish because WrestleMania on SmackDown this Friday, we had a fatal four-way for the Intercontinental Championship. The man you just mentioned, Apollo Crews, will be defending against Big E, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. I'm assuming he's going to retain here, but I'm
1: curious your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, Sami Zayn's going to eat that pin. I mean, that's really what we're headed to. I mean, Sami Zayn is in there to hit. hit like It's not going to be KO, and it's not going to be Big E, so it's going to be Sami Zayn. Put my money on it right now. The don't end. disagree. The end. It's going to be a great uh, match. I this don't... gets me excited if they give it time. Like If they give it three segments. I'm oh, in. they're giving it time. They'll give it time. It, it people... should be an event. It should be an either... event. But they won't.
0: It, I, I'm assuming Roman will be the main event, but this will either be the kickoff of the show or the 9 o'clock tip-off. And either way, I think they're going to be given time. And I'm looking forward to it because it's a pay-per-view match on us on a weekly show, which we don't get a lot, so I think it's exciting. Uh, but we're going to move to Tuesday night now, and that's NXT. And they also have a couple big matches, including the North American Championship. Johnny Gargano defending against Bronson Reed. This is, I believe, the third chance for Bronson Reed. Does he finally get it done?
1: You know, I, it's hard for me because Bronson Reed to me isn't necessarily the most exciting thing in the world. So, I'm I hope you. I hope not. I'm not I'm not really uh, interested in Bronson Reed. Nor do I. I mean, he seems like he seems like somebody that once he gets to the main roster, he's going to get a year or two, and then he's going to get fired because like it's Ooh. just like like unless you put him on NXT UK where it you know give him like more value with a mastiff or something like as a tag team, then, then that's great. But. There are just some people that, in my opinion, are taking up way too much time on NXT, and he's one of them. Like, there's so many other people I'd rather watch on NXT. It is he is not one of them. He is to me he is he is. There are so many people that like. You want to talk about you know the Black Fridays, Black Thursdays, or whatever it is when they they get rid of everybody. NXT needs to like just segue out of like so many people. Bronson Reed ahead of that list for me.
0: Wow. I mean, he's not my cup of tea, but I, I'm not trying to get the thick boy fired here. I'm so. not trying to get
1: him fired. I'm just telling <laughs> I you. I know, I know.
0: But just, I, I'm predicting know. what's going to happen
1: in a couple of years.
0: Uh, but yeah, the other match, which actually I'm more excited for, because I think it'll be a good wrestling match, and that is a little feud they've been working on in the women's division. Tony Storm versus Zoe Stark, who was Zoe Stark's first debut, and everyone said she was the greatest thing ever. And I've noticed for a couple of weeks, Twitter's starting to get negative where they're saying she's boring. You guys are fucking fickle. Fuck off. You know, you celebrate this girl coming in. She's done a great job. And now they're going to probably have the match of the week on NXT. So I'm excited for that.
1: I mean, I love Tony, Tony, Tony. So it's fine. I, I, you know, can't say enough good things about her. And uh, Zoe, to me, has been one of those things where she's she's clearly doing what she can in the position she's in. But I don't know what her character is.
0: Right now, she's just like the underdog baby face. Right, like, that's yeah. not enough for me. Yeah.
1: That's not enough for me. Tony no, Storm has a complete character. I agree. And
0: that's how she burst on. And right. I, think, I think they're trying to slowly develop her. But I mean, let's be real. She's, what, been in there two months, if that? Sure. So sure. I'm willing to give her time. She clearly can go in the ring, which is an important piece. So We're I think she needs,
1: there. I need, I mean, I'm, my hope is that with the with you know seasoning and time that you, you, you kind of soften up the look a little bit because the bright colors are a little weird to me. And like, I don't know. The, and I'm Now I'm, I'm not even going to go into it Because if I go into it Then i gonna, TJ's going to call me a You certain- just want
0: to shit on NXT No, 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 because no, no, of that no, no, no We're moving to Wednesday nope we're, getting, nope, we're getting away Before you make TJ cry anymore We're going to AEW Which has a loaded card once again uh, I'm going to mention these first couple matches When we talk about them About Christian Cage versus Matt Stahl The Acclaimed, <laughs> who I love Taking on Moxley and Kingston I'm actually kind of excited about that uh, The Young Cucks are defending their titles Against the Varsity Blondes in WrestleMania
1: no, don't care. <laughs> don't care. I, <laughs> I, just a, they've they've got like 15-0 on darks. So, so here's, title I, like just, I just, I just want to say real quickly, Matt Sydal versus Christian Cage is going to be snorefest. Then you're going to have, you're going to have the acclaim. Only thing that anybody's ever going to care about is what he says about Renee during that rap. That's all they're going to care about. The match won't matter. Dude, the, but the promo, think about the promos before. Oh yeah, that yeah, match. yeah. That's like, all you care about. I, honestly, I'm looking forward to that the most. Yeah, that's it. But the match doesn't matter. Then you get to the, 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 the. the cluster F that's you're talking about with the tag titles. It's just you know, I just I, I I watched AEW and I went I was really into the SCU finish and I thought that was great and then they like totally cut away. And they cut away
0: immediately. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> the same thing to Miro in the middle yeah, of It's just uh, like they don't I saw people like tweeting about it and I actually kind of agree. It's like AEW is good at creating these moments, but they're also good at immediately like snuffing out the yeah. fire of the moment. Yeah. Transition like it's like your, my boy Billy used to say, I hey, know you brought this up recently. Like the transitions on AEW slamming the door, yeah. Like, oh. There we go. But, um, there are two other matches that we have to get to, and they're both in the women's division. And uh, the first one is the champion Hikaru Shida is fighting uh Reba slash, Rebel slash, who the fuck knows, but uh, she never really fights, they always find a way to get her out of it. So, I'm curious if that's gonna happen. But we know we're getting the DMD, the MVP of AEW against Shida at double or nothing, but uh. Sheeta Rebel, I think this could be a fun little segment.
1: I think it'll be entertaining. I think that uh Rebel does a really good job with her role. Uh Sheeta's been amazing, so we're just kinda get – we I feel like we're just buying time for the DMD at this point. Like it's time for crowning her as as the uh the pinnacle, no pun intended, of, of the women's division. She's just she's amazing.
0: Agreed. Uh but there is one other
1: title match on AEW this week. Serena
0: Deeb is defending her NWA championship on AEW TV once again, and she is facing the girl that stores the drink, Red Velvet, baby.
1: I mean, and you say NWA anything, and I've already like.
0: Wow, I'm not a Thunder Rosa guy either. Jeez. No, I
1: love Thunder Rosa. I love Thunder Rosa. Really not wrestler. you said. Whenever you say NWA, no, like no, no have, I, I don't dude, even. I
0: will say this. Hey, this is going to probably be a good wrestling match.
1: Sure, but it doesn't matter. I don't know. It does. It's for a title. But the, there's so Some here's, people like NWA, bro. Here's, H- here's 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 my thing. I mean maybe it's just because I don't I don't care anymore. But like have they had a title change outside of anything in AEW that is like an out, outsider's championship? Like, has an NWA hand, it changed hands? Has, has New Japan changed hands? Has Impact changed hands on... I
0: feel like Serena Deeb won it on Dynamite. Okay, because even she if that does Sander happen... Rosa on Dynamite. That yeah, doesn't it, matter
1: to me. Like, that, that means absolutely nothing so to me. So,
0: they've had... They've done that title and they've done uh, the Moxley title. So, they're like 50% chance it has of changing... It. Well, I guess, like, they, she's defended the NWA a few right. times, but it literally happened the first time they did it, bro. I, I mean, I... it's probably not going to change hands because Serena Deeb is their champion, but... Yeah. it's one of those things is like it's they find ways to give people opportunity like that's the good thing about different companies it's like they're giving red velvet like she's not doing much in the aw women's division right now give, they did the same thing with ty conti this is what got ty conti elevated they gave her this match she looked great in it and again she eventually she got a match against sheena it's, it's at least like it's for a division that everyone's been very critical about their depth they went out of their way to kind of quote-unquote, merge with another company to try to strengthen their division, and now this is what it is. It's like the title gets defended on the show, and some of their younger women get a chance to prove themselves. It's a good thing. Plus, I love Red Velvet. She's a stud. I'm sure you do. It's great. It is what it is. Let's move on. Her and Jade Cargill, that was a great feud. It was way better than Cody and
1: Shaq feud. Uh-huh. I don't care. Moving on. Yeah. You're a hater. Equal opportunity. By the way, you buried the lead, Ted DiBiase, showing up on NXT this week. Just throwing it out He there. is, but like, That's what does that mean to say ever. about that? I'm excited. I'm excited. I
0: mean, I know. Excited. He's been on NXT. What, I know, but take, I'm just saying. Give, now he's really, really. fucking really... throw money in the face of Cameron Grimes?
1: I hope so. Either that or he takes him under the wing. That would be even better. You know what will make me care?
0: Virgil shows up with
1: him. Hi, all right. So right, him, right now. Man. So there's a bet going on on the internet that Virgil shows up with Million Dollar Man. If he doesn't show up the internet blast they'll they'll hate the segment absolutely they they shouldn't though because Ted DiBiase and and Grimes have been hitting it out of the park with these things so I I love it I love it I do too I think it's been it's been good it's been something where
0: they they clearly like Cameron Grimes isn't really like doing much in terms of wrestling because they're all in this money thing but at least the DiBiase things like are keeping them relevant
1: right absolutely all right anything else are we good to go I'm done. Five stars, five flames and all
0: the podcasting platforms. We appreciate it. Follow all the boys on Twitter in the description, Facebook, Instagram, jobberknocker.com. That's the website where you can get all that good shit, weekly articles from all our boys, and um, the best shit around. So check that out. Our boy, shout-out, at Danny Fab with one N. Our boy Danny wrote an article about uh, a bunch of you whiny wrestling fans. You should check it out because
1: it's good stuff. It is really good. You should check it out. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. We went through a hell of a lot of backlash. There's a lot going on with NXT, AEW, as well as everything else that's wrestling-related. We hope you enjoy this week of the Knocker. We'll be back next week with more Knockery And an evolution, baby.